Welcome to the You Glow Nurse Podcast. My name is Fallon Lopez. I was a formerly burnt out nurse, recovering people pleaser, now turned nurse wellness coach and host of this podcast. I empower nurses to take back their health and healing so they can find their voice again and prevent burnout. We are tapping all the way in, creating open spaces for busy, burnt out nurses who are ready to grow and glow into their passion for helping others without jeopardizing their own health and wellness. Ditch the burnout, build healthier habits and resilience instead. Let's get to it, y'all. Welcome back, y'all. Do I have a really good conversation for you today. For those of you who may be hopping on, you may be new to the podcast, welcome on in. I see you, sis, and I appreciate you. And I thank you for joining us on our growing and glowing journey. We are supporting each other. We are inspiring each other in all things health and wellness so that we can show up at our very best in wherever we are leading. This is our space to create healthy lifestyles and healthy habits that will support us and help us show up in our maximum impact environments, no matter where you are at in your leadership journey, whether you're starting and you're just just now starting to step into it and own it, or whether you're an established leader, we all need these healthy habits, these healthy mindsets and lifestyles that are going to support us. And that's what I'm all about here. So welcome on today. We are talking all things leadership development and collaboration with my girl, Charlene Platon. She is director of ambulatory nursing at Stanford Health, and she even co-created a wellness app called Fifth Window that she shares with the nursing community. So that is a wonderful resource. You should all check it out. She is an overall leader, innovator, and thought leader in our nursing community. So I had to bring her on. I am so inspired by her journey. It is nowhere near perfect or polished. Charlene is open about her own struggles with her mental health. And today she's sharing more about her journey to the leadership position that she is in now. So definitely, Charlene, I just want to tell you a little bit about our conversation before we get into it. Charlene really models and she lays it out for us. Like, what are the tools? What are the 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 things that we need to really become leaders. And she models that for us and what it looks like when we embrace diversity and each other's strengths. That is important to be a great leader. No matter where you're at, at in your leadership journey, we are better together. So diversity, flexibility, those are some of the things we talked about today because as leaders, we 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 want to show up, we want to give our best, but making sure we have the tools and the resources to get us there to show up without jeopardizing our own health is so important. So this conversation is jam-packed with all of those gems and so much more. So Let's not wait anymore. Let's get into it. Let's dive in. Enjoy and share with me. Connect with me. What do you think about this conversation? I'd love to hear from you. Join us in the nurse wellness community, my private Facebook group, or connect with me on Instagram. Also, go follow and like and support all of the things Charlene is doing. Like I said, she has an amazing app for nurses. Y'all, this is going to be a great conversation. Let's go. Welcome. What's going on, Charlene? How are you? 
Hi, Fallon. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me again. It's so great to be back. I know. We talked <laughs> probably last year. Can you believe it's already like 2022 oh in the middle? God. Believe it. Every every month that passes by, I just can't believe it. <laughs> it's going by fast. And I, I'm sure for you as well, you've had hit some amazing milestones. Again, congratulations on your recent wedding, getting your family started. It was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, we got married on February 22, 22. So. Oh, nice. That is very. <laughs> he can't forget now. He has no. Uh, no, know, it's y'all. <laughs> I love it. I love it. See, y'all, she does it all. She's going after her goals, taking care of her family, all of this thing. So let's get into it, Charlene. So I want to know, how did your leadership journey start? Did you always have ideas about growing? And what inspired you to move forward into this leadership position that you're in now? Yeah, you know, it, I had always been interested in, in leadership. And I think I didn't really know it until later on in my journey. But before I was a nurse, um, while I was studying um, nursing and nursing school, um, in undergrad, I would always be drawn to leadership opportunities. So whether it was through the volunteering um, platforms that I was part of or the clubs I was part of on campus, I was always in different leadership roles, just informally. Um, and then when I became a nurse, I was part of the shared governance structure there as a new graduate nurse. And there were just so many opportunities that I that I found exciting and that I was a part of and, and then just uh, naturally wanted to be part of it. And and so I kind of said yes to a lot of different opportunities and then um, eventually found myself in my current role um, in former, uh, formal leadership as a director for ambulatory nursing. But now I, I have been in um, formal leadership for the past almost six years, which is really awesome and crazy to think about now just looking back at my journey of um, in nursing for about 10 years. So um, so I'm really grateful to to be on this path and it wasn't always quite clear, but I think um, eventually looking back, all those different opportunities made sense and I think culminated to where I am today. I love that. She's so humble, y'all. Like, <laughs> oh, it's only been six years, you know. <laughs> I love that, um, but definitely. Um, so it sounds like it's always been in you. You kind of just leaned into it, embraced it, and didn't even just ignore the leadership opportunities that were around, you know, around you, like you stepped into what you were doing in that moment, use those things as like learning um, to push you forward. That's awesome. So what was one obstacle in getting to getting you to where you are now? And what tools or resources did you use to overcome those obstacles? I, I just want to pick your brain on that. Yeah, actually, one of I would say one of the more interesting obstacles was that I was um, I was always told not to be in leadership in other ways. Um, so so while a lot of opportunities presented presented itself and I took on a lot of those opportunities, um, actually, I was told a lot by, you know, my mother. <laughs> she's an, she's actually a nurse, too. And um, but she hadn't been in leadership. So I had been, you know, always discouraged from being in leadership. Um from that perspective. <laughs> and I think just um, culturally, it wasn't, and in my family, it's not really, um, there wasn't really much that, that my family knew about it. So I think if it's a new opportunity, um, often there's this fear of, um, you know, taking on these new opportunities. 
Um, so, so even though nursing runs in my family, there might not be as many people in nursing leadership. So, um, so yeah, I think hearing, um, that message saying, you know, you know, you shouldn't be in leadership. You should be, you know, doing this or doing that. This is a, this path makes more sense. I think just trying to, um, overcome what people are telling you and, and then just understanding what your own values are. And so I had to do a lot of soul searching to make sure that this was what I really saw for myself. Um, and then that also showed up again when, um, you know, I went to nurse practitioner school and, and I was always set on becoming a nurse practitioner. But then when I finished school, I was presented with two opportunities. One would have been a nurse practitioner residency, which was like my dream nurse practitioner residency program had everything I wanted. And then the other choice was to be a manager at Stanford for advanced practice providers. And so that was, so that was a real soul searching moment. And I had to really dig deep and, and think about my values. And ultimately I chose to move forward with leadership and I haven't looked back since. So I think just really um, understanding what you would like, even despite what others might say outside of it is um, an obstacle that I had to really think about. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. I can resonate with that. Um, You know, when you said about your mom, thanks for being so honest, like uh, a lot of, you know, foreign background, you know, nurses might be feeling Mm -hmm. the same way. You know, all you might have experiences bedside nursing and you may not be as open to other opportunities or some may view it as kind of a hassle. Like, do you think that's why they strayed you away from going into leadership? What was their reasoning behind that? Do you feel like? Um, you know, I think that with my, with my mom, she always has great intentions and wants me to be financially secure. So I think it was more from a place of not knowing, um, how secure a job in leadership was, um, compared Mm -hmm. to you as an ICU nurse and and as a nurse at the bedside. So I think I'm just drawing from what she knew about nursing. She was trying to persuade, persuade me to pursue a path that she was very comfortable with and very familiar with. And kind of anything outside of that was something she discouraged. So I think that kind of fell into that bucket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not sure about this, but I know you're going to always have a job you, with, right. with, the, with the bedside nurses. So, I mean, right. you know, they try, mm-hmm. they give us what they have. And I think that's something that I've had to kind of cope with on my end as well, because there was some fear when I was unhappy with nursing and I was like, I want to do something else. Like the right. kind of feedback that I got was like, well, that's life, mija. Like, it's tough. You just move on. You just deal. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. I don't like that, you know? Like, so how did you... Options. There's got to be other options. <laughs> yes, there are other options. So I love having these conversations. Like, we're not alone in dealing with these things with our family, whatever obstacles it is that we have in growing in our career, like it's real, but the, I great, I guess the great thing that, no, I know the great thing that you just said, like identifying your values. So what did that look like to you? Like for you, how did you kind of differentiate from your family, but do it in a way that's not like, so like mm, stuck up, like kind of like, mm, <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't associate with y'all, but you know, do it like in a healthy way. How did you cope with that? Because I'm sure there was some pushback, right? Like, yeah. And, you know, um, just kind of adding to why it was an obstacle. I'm someone which may, maybe many nurses or uh, several nurses can relate to, but I'm a people pleaser just by background. I just love to make people happy. I love to be in service of others. And so 
um, you know, making my parents proud was a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. And I was all set, you know, I had followed their path, like what they told me to do up until I was in college. And then, and then, um, when I finally just, um, I got to a point where I was just asking myself, like, what do I want for my future? Where do I see my future? And, you know, and then just kind of, um, digging deep and thinking about what, what is it that I stand for? What is it that I want to pursue? And, and just from being in all those different leadership opportunities, even if they were informal ones, I saw the impact that, that it could make when you're a nurse and you're in a leadership, in a leadership position, you know, at the decision-making table, even if it's a small table, I saw the impact that that could make. And um, I was very, very interested and invested in that. And I think just thinking back on my experiences, I was really thinking about, well, what made me really happy? What was something I was really passionate about? But what was, you know, what were the things that I really was drawn to? And it was always kind of moving more towards that leadership path. So I think, um, I think we don't always know what our values are at the moment. But then when you look back, you kind of see these patterns. And, and that's kind of what I use to guide me. Um, and then also just considering like, what are what are you really good at? And I felt like I had some some skills in leadership. Well, hopefully other people agree, but I felt like I was pretty decent um, when leading some teams. So I, I decided to go that route. Um, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they agreed. Like, look at where you're at now. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think with um, talking with my parents about it, you know, I think it was more uh, about saying like, you know, I, I, I recognize that you mean the best and you have the best of intentions. And um, I definitely see where you're coming from. I, I just want to try this opportunity and see how it goes. And then, you know, and just go from there. And, um, you know, just letting them, I think, I don't know, it was kind of hard. It was, it was a little bit easier in college because I was not living at home. So then I was kind of able to make decisions that they didn't always know about. So it was a little easier <laughs> to separate myself. But um, sometimes moving outside of the house is, is really good for that. Um, and then I think just just being able to say, like, um, thank you for your concern. Thank you for your consideration. I'm going to make this decision and then and then see what happens after that. <laughs> yes. Like, I love that you put it in a way where it's like, we're not burning bridges. It's not the end of the world. This is not World War Three over here. Just because we don't agree doesn't mean that I don't appreciate you as my parents, you know, leading me. But now it's time for me to make my own decision. There's like that, that vocabulary, that wording. And I love that you use like, thank you, starting off with a thank you. Like, I appreciate <laughs> your concern. But now it's my turn to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And they have to just trust, you know, like, hey, I'm going to land on the two feet that you learned that you taught me how to use. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And I think um, just having them understand that. Um, yeah. Just like what you said, there comes a point when you want to make your own decisions. And I think it's also a matter of trust, like you said. So asking them to place their trust in you and your decisions because, you know, you've you've been able to make it this far um, in in the journey. So, um, of course I know there's a lot of complexities too, with that conversation. Um, so, you know, so each person, um, goes about it in different ways. Um, and so that was just the path that, that worked for me <laughs> at the yeah. moment. <laughs> no, I agree. You know, we all have that come, we have that moment where we have to like 
fend for ourselves, advocate for ourselves and what we want, you know, and whether it's your parents, your spouse, your friends, you know, you have to be, you know, if you really want something like growing in your career, going after a business, you know, getting into a new relationship, paying off your debt, whatever it is, like, and it's different from others around you, you have to be like, okay, this is me like boundaries, like this is what I want to do. These are my values. And I loved how earlier you said I that you went back to your old, like what, seeing the patterns from the past, like what were the patterns? And I also hear you saying like, what were my intentions? Like leadership is a good thing. It's not necessarily scary. I think a lot of nurses, and this is going to go into my next question, tend to be like really standoffish when it comes to like, management positions, leadership positions, in your experience, I know you talked about your mom, but why do you think nurses sometimes we we stay away? Like we rather just be at the bedside, not taking responsibility, you know, why, why do you think that is? And how can we like pivot out of that? Do you think? You know, it is a really complicated, it's a really complex question and answer. And and I do feel that there's a lot of cultural reasons for why um, nurses who are in um, acute care roles taking care of patients directly have different perspectives on leadership um, than maybe other folks might. Um, and I think in general, though, there is a, a, a pattern or a perspective that um, and, and as a result of our culture in healthcare, which has not always been, you know, which has not always had the best intention in, in mind for our clinicians at the front line, um, you know, it, I could see how there's kind of this divide um, between nurses um, and uh, leadership. And actually, when I was, uh, when I was working as a, as a nurse providing direct patient care, they would call it suits versus scrubs. And Mm, I was, I was always so, you know, I didn't, I didn't really understand it too much why there was so much, um, so much of that, that feeling or those different perspectives. Um, but I do think that it could be from just, um, historically how, how, um, healthcare has been run as a business and, and how it continues to be run in some aspects. So there are some things that we can't change and, and it's, um, and I think, and I do think though, um, in particular, that's, that's going to be a perspective helped by staff where leaders, you know, maybe haven't done the best job connecting with their teams, connecting with their staff and, and being really um, open with them and transparent. So I think um, wherever you are in your, in your nursing career, whichever organization you're a part of, your leadership really matters. And if they're not setting that example, and if they're not setting the stage of being um, trustworthy leaders or leaders worthy of trust, then, then the staff will not give trust or have trust in the leaders Um, And so uh, I was really fortunate as a new graduate nurse to have managers and to have leaders that were really great role models and they were really invested in my personal development. So I was very lucky, I would say, very fortunate because I've had, you know, especially with my my first um, uh, inpatient nursing position, my manager was extremely awesome and caring. And I know that that's not something everyone faces so I think that just your own individual experience coupled with the coupled with the culture of the organization that you're in can really set the tone for what you think of your leaders. And unfortunately, it seems that many of, unfortunately, many healthcare, um, you know, systems might not have 
the leaders that maybe a lot of staff want to see. But yeah. hopefully answers um, some of that question. Um, but I was, I really feel like I'm the byproduct of the opposite where the leaders are really invested. And, um, and then as a, as, as that happens, then, then you want to be in leadership. Yeah, that's, that's amazing that you were able to have those good examples. Like you said, there are a majority of nurses, unfortunately, because of the system, whatever reason, whatever setbacks don't have as great um, role models. And I think a lot of it sometimes that I've seen is because some of the leaders are kind of like because of shortages, because there's we talk about nursing shortages, but I'm sure there is leadership shortages as well. Like, and so some of us get voluntold to become <laughs> leaders without the proper training, without the proper orientation. And, you know, we just get into these roles. And I don't know, have you ever experienced that or seen that? How did, how could you, what, uh, what advice would you give to somebody that maybe like got voluntold and now they're trying to come to the water and, you know, create more of a caring uh, environment or an environment that your um, role models gave to you? for their staff, what, what advice would you give to them? Yeah. And I think, um, uh, just to, um, respond to your first comment about, uh, a potential for a lot of leadership turnover, um, the answer is yes, there is a lot of leadership turnover too. And I thought, I think a lot of people don't realize that in some organizations and in some teams, um, when I was a nurse at the bedside, there was quite a bit of turnover in my uh, management too. When I moved, um, in, when I you know transferred from different nursing teams, um, I think in one of the teams I was in, I had like four managers in a very short time span. Um, and so, uh, and so, just going into your your second question too, um, in terms of what can we do when we might be. Uh, when we might find ourselves in a leadership role that maybe we didn't set out to be in, but we were kind of voluntold to be in, <laughs> and now we're kind of in this position. So that kind of happened to me through my um, in my in my uh, time as a new graduate nurse. Um, I was only four months in as a new graduate nurse, just fresh off of my um, nursing residency um, program, and I was already told to become a charge nurse. So you know, four months is not a very long time to become a charge nurse. <laughs> it's very quick. And I was extremely nervous about it. Um, and so I told um, uh, some other team members uh, in our organization about it because I felt it was unsafe. I mean, I was able to do the work. Um, I think, you know, it was it was pretty exciting to me because I was able to learn new things. But then I still felt that I wasn't... Um, at that level of expertise to be a charge nurse at that time. So I did let um, other leaders in the organization know about it. And they advised me to set boundaries and, you know, to say no, if that opportunity happened again. So then um, one night, uh, they asked me to become a charge nurse again. And then I said, you know, I'm sorry, but I feel that this is a little bit too unsafe for me. So I'd so I don't feel that I could be a charge nurse tonight. And they were, they didn't take that well, um, but mm. I wasn't a charge nurse. <laughs> so, um, and then I, I think, you know, later I was able to help with that role again when um, later on, but, but I think that's where the boundaries are really important. Um, but sometimes you can't help it. If, if you do have to fill, fill a leadership role, sometimes there is no 
um, opportunity to say no sometimes, or it's the pressure is really hard to say no to something like that. So in instances like that, I would say that um, it's it's best to really lean on others for support and to get as much um, support as you can, um, access to resources, you know, ask for those resources, ask for that help, because people will usually get, grant that to you. Um, and so um, I would advise to utilize as many resources as, uh, resources as you can. And, um, and that was, you know, that was something I was exposed to also more recently, you know, with, with different crises we have at the hospital. I've been asked to support our hospital command center, which is something that's, you know, very new to me too. And I can't say no to that because that's, you know, the hospital might is like under crisis. So, um, so then I would say yes to those opportunities. And then I would just ask for as much support as I can. And then I was able to feel prepared enough to um, help support those opportunities. So I think just, um, you know, being flexible and being adaptable when, when we're in that tough position. But then if you do have the opportunity, set boundaries where you feel comfortable. Sorry. I love that. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it hit every spot that it needed to because I've been put into a situation where I had to grow fast and I was a little bit concerned. Like, I don't know if this is the right time um, at my job. And I wasn't sure, like, am I supposed to just drown and learn? Is that normal? <laughs> like, am I just supposed to just learn to keep going through, you know, some drowning? It's okay. You got it. You just got to keep. But hearing you say, okay, set the boundaries when you can, but there are some instances where like, we need you to fill in. We need you to step up. Like, you know, you're ready for this. You know, your leadership comes to you. It's like, you're ready for this. You can do this. So hearing you say, asking for support, that's still like, that's still advocating for you, you know, making sure you know that you're capable to ask for support as well. Like it's okay to ask for help. I think that's something that we struggle with a lot too, asking for help, whether you're a nurse, growing in your career, whatever, wherever you are, like being okay, knowing who to ask, knowing that you, you can ask, that you should ask for resources. We got YouTube. We got, you know, we got Google <laughs> now, like let's make it happen. Y'all like if we need to, we have we have the resources to figure it out, um, and in a safe way, of course. We want to definitely do a safe, um, but I, I'm learning that as well. Like when you're being pushed out of your uh, comfort zone, it's it's okay to ask for help um, and to find that support. I think that's another vulnerability as well as a leader. Right, absolutely, and and not being afraid to ask questions. I was afraid to ask questions for a long time, um, and then later I'm just like. Why, why was I so afraid? It's better to ask questions. You know, it's better to be safe than sorry. Um, and so, so I know all those things can be really scary though, asking questions, asking for help based on the culture of your organization. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really important to, to put your, yourself first too. And those are ways to advocate for yourself. Yes, exactly. Despite what the culture may be, what you may feel like, I think that's huge. Because when you feel unsupported, it can be hard to ask for help. When you feel like nobody's going to listen, it's really hard to ask for help. But knowing that you you can still ask for help, there's still others. What can you do? How can you figure it out? I think that's really important too. Like 
knowing that maybe I need to go above and beyond the people that are right here. I don't know. How do you Mm -hmm. feel about that? Yeah. You know, um, it, it is really, I think, um, in terms of our culture, there is a major, um, revamp that needs to be, or that I think is in progress right now with the pandemic for being able to be more, um, be okay or be more vulnerable and asking for help and, and really changing that mindset of one that where you have to be a hundred percent all the time and be a perfectionist and just know everything all the time to being in an organization that is, is okay with not knowing everything and is okay with, you know, people asking questions and asking for help. So I think that that shift is being made, um, you know, especially with the pandemic and just recognizing that how important that is for our team members. And that goes for leaders too. Um, cause, mm. cause as we mentioned before, there's, um, a constant amount of new, new leaders who are taking up positions. So, so I think that that's very important. Um, and if a, if a organization has not begun to prioritize that yet, then it's really not to their benefit since, um, since we really need to, um, prioritize the safety of our um, staff and ourselves. And this is just one of the ways to do that. Yeah, no, I hear you saying modeling, like making sure we're modeling, like if we don't feel like we're supported or we're in that safe culture to ask for help, like being the model, being the role model. And if it's still like not being um, taken care of or not your needs not being addressed, whatever issues you may have. Uh, Because I feel like we're, I'm dealing with that sometimes at work right now, like a lot, like people not feeling supported and not being able to ask for help or go to, you know, go to people and whatever culture, like, and then something else to consider is if that organization isn't, you know, making it a priority. Okay. Well, I got choices. (laughs) I, I got other places I can be too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I got to prioritize me. I think that's very important as well. Right. But yeah. And, and it's just so interesting because a lot of challenges in the hospital come from communication challenges. Mm. And part of the communication challenges is not being able to ask for help. And I mean, it's not being able to talk to one another or not being talk able to, to one another with one another. Exactly. So I've just seen so many instances where, patient outcomes were impacted because of the lack of communication between staff members. So if people, if hospitals really truly are invested in creating a culture of safety and prioritizing the safety of patients and um, staff, then they would be, they, they should be looking at creating a, an environment and a culture where people aren't afraid to say things and aren't afraid to talk and point things out. And, you know, I think everyone, everyone needs to participate in that. Yes. It takes a team. We have to start for sure all together. And it starts with you first, wherever you're at, you, you definitely hold, we're all leaders in some aspects, whether you're, you know, leading at work, at home, like speaking up is so important modeling it. That's one way, wherever you're at for sure. So I wanted to ask, so how do you create that space for your team? I want to know more about your leadership style and um, how you found out what type of leader you are. You are. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think um, over the, the years of being um, in leadership, I would say my style is definitely collaborative. And I've also, you know, really invested in, 
in um, compassionate leadership. Um, and so I, you know, I really, I really feel that um, when you're working with other members of your team, um, it's so important to have everyone else's input. I mean, um, a lot of people don't like hearing no. And I think that hearing no is one of the best things that you can hear for a team. It's one of the best ways to grow. Because if you want to do something and someone says, no, actually, X, Y, Z, you could learn so much from other people. So I think um, being a collabor collaborative leader and being open to hearing what other people think is very, um, is very much part of that. And then a compassionate leader. So someone who is able to, um, as a leader, being able to see other people's um, perspectives, but being um, motivated to help guide them where they might be struggling. I think there, in general, there's just um, such a lack of compassion nowadays um, that finding a compassionate leader is very, very rare. So I always try to keep in mind that everyone is struggling and it never hurts to be compassionate. Um, and I've been, you know, when, uh, when I was managing advanced practice providers, I was responsible for about 20 um, advanced practice providers. So that included nurse practitioners and physician assistants. And I think that being compassionate was always something appreciated because it was something that enabled them to come to me when they had any challenges or come to me when they had any anything that they wanted to discuss. So I knew that I was being successful when I realized that my staff could come to me when they had a, a challenge and just let me know about what was going on. If you don't hear anything, that's when you know that you're in trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. If they're not talking back to you and telling you things, mm -hmm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't, you don't want staff members that are just going to be like, mm, cause that in reality, no, like you said, being that, and I, and I love your leadership style. Like, by the way, I could see that a hundred percent in you just through our interactions, um, you being very collaborative and compassionate and that's important. Um, yeah. If you don't have your team talking back to you, you're not going to hear, you're not going to be able to collaborate and hear those different perspectives. And I love that point about like, no, like, actually, I don't see it that way. This is how I see it. You know, this is what I think, you know, this is how I think we should do it, you know? So not necessarily like, no, you can't do that, but like, no, this is, this is, this is what I meant. This is how I see things. And you get a new perspective. And I think that's something I'm working on because instead of like, you know, like working just in this new clinic that I'm in. Um, I'm working with transplant patients right now. And it's totally different from what I used to do. I was like a, a, a floor nurse. I worked in critical care. And so now I'm like in this outpatient setting. So learning how to deal with different perspectives and different people are like, I'm just mind blown. So I'm really taking the extra effort to pause. When somebody responds to me, I try not to assume what they're saying I'll just ask like, okay, wait, one more time. What what did you mean? Instead of like trying to assume what they said. And nine times out of 10, they didn't mean what I thought they meant. And they had a different perspective. So I think that collaborative approach is like so true. Like it's okay to hear no, I disagree. I don't think that this is what I meant. That's how we grow. I love that. Right. And, and I think that, you know, um, I think that we have been groomed to be afraid of hearing different opinions, but that's really how we learn and that they're all opportunities to be better, you know, as an individual, as an organization. And I think people often use leadership as a way to have a team of people who will just say yes to their every 
desire and want, but that is not leadership. That is a dictatorship and mm. not what it means to collaborate and to improve. Um, uh, and so we really need to celebrate the diversity of the people in our team and the diversity of different thoughts and ideas and having a leader that is really open to that is, um, is something really special. Um, but it's tough because, you know, historically our culture too hasn't been so open to that. I, you know, I think that we have a very strong hierarchical structure in mm. uh, the culture of medicine, which is slowly becoming more and more collaborative. Um, but there's still some barriers in that, in that respect, which make it, which makes it difficult for people to sometimes say no, or hang on, let's take a pause and you know, maybe this isn't the right, you know, medicine, or maybe this isn't the right X, Y, Z. Um, so, so I think it's one of the most challenging, um, um, problems that we have right now in healthcare is, is changing our culture. Yeah, that's so true. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, no, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're also doing those changes and you're breaking those barriers and coming in with a collaborative and compassionate approach. Like that must be tough, you know, going against the grain. It may not be what everybody agrees with or um, may, you know, see as see the bigger picture behind it, you know, that it's really, truly helping the organization. Um, So that kind of would lead into my next question. Um, And our last question, as we wrap up, I don't want to keep you too long. (laughs) Um, but what is one trait or skill a nurse right now could work on while preparing to grow in your career? So that somebody that may be listening right now, they're like, I want to be in leadership one day. You know, Charlene has me really like, okay, this is possible. I want to be that type of leader, you know, cause I'm I'm thinking the same here, you know, I want to be that type of leader. What is one trait or skill we should be maybe cultivating right now in the time that we're in? Yeah, that's really tough. There's so many great, um, you know, well, skills. Name um, a few if you like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say 100% um, being able to be adaptable and flexible and resourceful have been um, our traits that can help you in, in any role in nursing, whether you're um, a clinician providing direct patient care or a leader. Um, being flexible is is extremely important because, you know, there's always going to be change. So having that um, adaptability and that and that growth mindset is is a huge, huge, um, um, you know, a great trait to have. So just being able to take every um, opportunity as a learning opportunity um, and being open to that. And then um, and then I would also just say um uh, another trait I would say is consistency. So I think um, something that's helped me both in leadership and in entrepreneurship is is being consistent, you know, in terms of um, being able to um, have consistency on your values, where you stand, but then also being consistent in um, trying new things and, and um, you know, in, in many ways, consistency can apply, but it's been extremely helpful just in developing my own skills um, and then um, continuing to just grow in different ways. So I yeah, hope those that- are all good. 
<laughs> yeah, no, those are all good. Like, like being flexible, being able to be flexible, but not, you know, giving too much, having a healthy balance. I think that's good. You know, we don't want to be too rigid. Yes, boundaries are important, but we also want to be flexible for changes that are going to happen in healthcare, right? Um, definitely growth mindset. I 100% agree on that. And yeah, yeah, we have to be consistent. Um, and yeah, in our growth, like investing in ourselves and whatever we want to do. Exactly. So keep watering those seeds and you'll see them grow. Keep putting them in the sunlight. You'll see them uh, blossom. So I definitely believe that. And I agree. Um, somebody left a comment that I think is uh, really uh, pretty interesting. And I'll let you respond um, to the earlier statement. Um, co-creating between people is a needed health culture that that is needed. As many nurses are burning out because they are not heard. How do you feel about that one? Yes, co-creating is um, is such a big need. And as we as we have been able to see with nurses during the pandemic, and I mean just in general, nurses have amazing ideas. They are some of the smartest, most creative people that I've ever ever met. And I think we leave so many untapped um, ideas and amazing solutions um, because we don't bring certain people to the table or mm. because we don't listen to the different um, thoughts and comments of, of the different people in our team. So, um, so I absolutely agree. I think that co-creation is, is such an important piece of, of being in any team. And if, if your leaders are not open to that environment where other people can you know, provide their thoughts and provide their feedback and ideas, then you're really missing out on some incredible things that could be done for your organization. Um, Because, you know, just back to when I was a new graduate nurse, I had all all these um, um, great ideas and, you know, new ideas. And I had leaders that were fortunate to listen to it and it impacted, you know, it, it definitely benefited our patient outcomes and our staff outcomes. So I think just acknowledging that everyone can have a great idea um, and uh, we should leverage that. So so definitely um, when you're looking for the different teams to be part of, that's a great question to ask. Like, how do you leverage the different ideas from people in your team? Like, how do we utilize everyone's thoughts and opinions or how can we make sure that everyone is heard? Um, And that's probably the most um, the biggest thing I've heard over over the, my years in leadership is that people have always been appreciative when, when they felt that they were heard. So it's huge. We don't do that enough. Oh, I love that. Okay, y'all. So if you're <laughs> out here looking for a job, you're thinking about where to go, maybe you're a fresh new graduate, wherever you're at, like, that's something that we should be asking. What, how, how do you create environments? How, what is the environment for, you know, having everyone voices, everyone's voice get heard in the organization? Where do y'all make space for that? Is there space for that? How do y'all welcome that? Like, I love that question. That is so good. Um, And I, you know. Hmm. No one, I don't think anyone has asked me that in an interview. So it's a great question to (laughs) ask leaders. Definitely. (laughs) No, it's so true. And we should be working towards that, like you said. And if your organization isn't, like, they're missing out. Because us nurses, like, the way we, you know, the way we show up for our patients and how we're prioritizing delegation and critical thinking, like, we've all had a great idea or two, maybe a bunch, you know. So don't be afraid wherever you're at in your journey, whether you're a new nurse, your perspective matters. And I think that's something that I had to work on because I really feel like I'm a young nurse. I don't know a lot. 
I shouldn't have opinions, but that is completely false. That is not true. Your opinions, your ideas, your perspectives matter, and we should be sharing it with each other. And if you don't have that team, like who are the team members that you can trust? Who are those safe people that you can trust to talk to and, you know, talk about innovation? And um, I think a good place to do that, look, a little plug for Sanciel. <laughs> That's where we met. The Society mm-hmm. of Nurse Innovators, Entrepreneurs and Leaders. That's that's what we do. Like we talk about innovation. We talk about all those amazing things. So I'll uh, put those details if y'all are interested in joining the society. I think they're opening back up soon. Charlene, any last words as we close out? How, like, let me just ask, what are your non-negotiable self-care routines as a leader? That's what I want your last words to be. <laughs> yeah, you know, I really love this question. Um, I've during the pandemic, my whole, um, you know, my whole mental state was kind of flipped upside down just because of all of the challenges and all of the, the traumas from the, from the pandemic. And so, so now I definitely have some non-negotiables for my self-care routine. Um, primarily I, uh, I enjoy meditation every day. Um, even if it's like 10 seconds, I will still, um, that's still something that I uh, make sure that I do, or at least something something where I could get into that headspace to, to, um, have, have me just kind of sit and, um, you know, allow my brain to kind of rest. Um, and then another, um, non-negotiable and meditation has also helped me, um, so much just in terms of my anxiety, my stress, my, you know, depression, things like that. So I just, I believe so much in the power of meditation. And then, um, another non-negotiable, um, that's part of my self-care routine is to give my myself permission to feel. So, you know, especially during the pandemic, I always, I was, oh my gosh, early pandemic, early 2020, early 2020, Charlene was constantly shaming herself and guilt tripping herself and making herself feel really, really bad because of all these things. Um, and so I think now just being um, accepting of myself and accepting that I can't be everything to everyone and that's okay. I can be myself. I can show up for myself and I could give my, um, myself permission to be angry, happy, sad, disappointed, frustrated, all of those things. And that's okay. Um, because before I would always say, Oh, I should be more productive or I should have been happier here. I should have done this or that, you know, no more of that. Now it's more just like, it was okay that I was sad here. It was okay that I was X, Y, Z. And that's changed my mindset completely um, and has allowed myself to be a lot kinder to myself. So, so long story short, that's another (laughs) non-negotiable is to give it, give myself permission to feel. I love that. So I've been asking, you know, my guests this question and to our surprise, self-care has not shown up as a bubble bath or a nail shop run yet. (laughs) And I am loving it. This permission is like that self-acceptance. Like, it's okay. I messed up here. I did this or I didn't say the right thing or maybe, you know, just accepting where you're at. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Like, that's something that I've been working on as well. So to hear you say that, I'm like, wow, okay. It's something that people struggle with. I'm not alone. I'm not overthinking things. I'm not alone in this, you know, because that was definitely something that I struggle with. Like, oh, you're doing too much. You're not doing enough, getting stuck between that. And that's not a healthy place to be. And so I love that you advocate and you are like non-negotiable about, I'm going to feel the feels and it's okay. 
I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think for the longest time, we've always kind of pushed our emotions aside, but we really need to be in tune with our emotions and who we are and what makes us feel certain ways. Being able to name our emotions when they come up is extremely important, especially for our communication with colleagues, with family. Um, so can't stress that enough, just the importance of that awareness. And so, yeah, and, and number one, just being aware of yourself, how you're feeling and then being okay with that. Yeah, that self-awareness is powerful as a leader. That's another skill and trait that we should be working on. Because when you're more self-aware about yourself and what you got going on, you're kind of like, okay, you're kind of get more aware about others. Like, oh, y'all may be dealing with a lot today. That's why. Oh, you does that make sense? Like you get more aware of others as well. Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. When you're more in tune with your emotions, I think that you might have a better perspective of other people's emotions and or at least just more awareness that they might be, you know, not um, not um, quite themselves or maybe there something has happened. You might just be more in tune with that, too. So so there's a lot that of good that can come when everyone is in tune with their emotions, because then they can say, like, you know, I might not be in the right headspace today. So if I'm acting differently, this is why. So mm. you, know, you need a lot more of that in healthcare. Yeah, Rather, definitely. Oh, everything's 100 all the time. I'm always good. Like, especially <laughs> leaders. Oh my goodness, everyone's like, I'm always 100. <laughs> percent Like, come on, y'all. You miss breakfast. I know you're upset. Stop. <laughs> you didn't get your your coffee today. I know that. Mm-hmm. You know, like. It's okay. No, I love that. Again, thank you so much, Charlene, for hopping on and sharing your gems with us. It's been amazing just to hear your journey, how you're still growing, how you're still working. And y'all, if you haven't checked out her Fifth Window app, I'd let you go ahead and uh, share that with us, like how we can get connected with you and uh, all the new projects that you're working on. I'd, I'd love for you to just share with us real quick. Yeah. So um, you could find me on LinkedIn, Charlene Platon. Um, you could also find me on Instagram at Charlene Platon. Um, and for Fifth Window, you could visit our website at www.fifthwindow.com. Um, so it's F-I-F-T-H window.com. And that webpage has the links to download our app, either on the iPhone or Android devices. And you could also find our social media links there. So really invite you to check it out if you're interested in well-being tools and resources um, made by nurses and for nurses. Um, But I really appreciate um, this time and space, Fallon. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. (laughs) It really is. Oh, y'all. Thank you so much, Charlene. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Oh, y'all. When I tell you, like just talking with her, she's so inspiring. I hope you were able to catch all of that. Charlene was definitely sharing with us more about her leadership journey, more about how to be a better leader. Where are you in your journey? I'd love to hear. Drop a comment below. Are you interested in leadership? What are some things that are holding you back? We'd love to hear from you. Go ahead, connect with Charlene. If you need, you know, more motivation, more, more tools, more just inspiration and check out her wellness app. It's an amazing resource for us nurses, for us busybodies, you know, because we're giving so much to everyone else, we definitely need to take care of ourselves. So y'all, it's been an amazing one again, and I will see you next time. Make sure you like, share, comment, respond, and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye. 